Hey guys, and welcome to season four of the Us People podcast. I'm your host, Savia Rox, and in this season, we get to remember and reminisce back in time with some of our guests like... Hey, we are Entity. And you're listening to... The Us People podcast. With Savia Rox. Peace. My name is Oni. I'm a producer engineer from Queens, New York. Hi, my name is James Green. I'm a TV presenter, sports reporter and journalist. Hi, this is Joy Langley, and I'm the author of Navigating Stress. Hey, this is Travis Glossop. I am a creative radio your producer for KISS FM and you're listening to the Us People podcast with Savia Rocks. We highlight the strengths of our coaches talking about diversity and inclusion and speaking out loud and proud about who we are. I was never that good. I was I was determined. I had a love for the sport and that always fueled me. At 49, I was seven, seven years post-divorce after 22 years and three kids of a marriage. And so I knew that I needed to figure out like what was happening for me and why was this so such a severe sort of uh, crack in my identity and how I showed up in the world. It's great. It's great. Uh, I'm glad because I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't really work that hard at uni. So it was good to leave uni and, and really like get on it, you know, really like, because I also as a person, I think I value I value productivity. A lot of people live to work. I think I am one of the work to live guys, but because my work is amazing, that's all right with me. You know, so as a person, I, I go to bed happy when I've had a productive day. We've also saved the best till last by honoring another artist and showcasing their talent as our new theme song with none other than your host, Savia Rocks, featuring in their song. So guys, enjoy, stay creative, and as always, please continue to be kind to one another. Let's go. Hey everyone, this is Burmi from Montreal. I'm a female professional in the financial services industry, also side hustler. I just became a published author. I'm also a blogger and I'm also a YouTuber. And today I'll be on Ask People podcast with Savia Rocks. So make sure to listen to the episode. Gotta keep my energy in peace of mind. I protect my energy in peace of mind. Gotta keep my energy in peace Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Ask People podcast. I'm your host, Savia Rocks, and today Umi is smiling already even before I've started, but this is going to be good. I have the beautiful Umi here with me. Umi is a female finance professional. She is also a published author. I'm so proud of her. Umi, thank you so much for coming on the Ask People podcast. How are you? I'm kidding you. (laughs) So Umi, my first question for you is, could you tell me about yourself, where you grew up, and how that influenced you to be the beautiful person who you are today? Yes, so I grew up in uh, Italy, and my parents are, are from Bangladesh. So I always tell pe- people that I am Italian by, by birth and Bengali by blood. Uh, so I grew up pretty much my whole life in Italy. I did my studies there, my up- upbringing were pretty much uh, in Italy. And uh, I actually moved to Canada like 12 years ago. And uh, I would say that my life in Italy and my whole like South Asian culture really influenced me the person that I am today because 
uh, when I was growing up, I struggled a lot with cultural identity and I never knew how to identify myself. And I was never sure, do I say I am Italian? Do I say I'm Bengali? And I struggled a lot with that. And actually the book that I just wrote, it's about that. I talk about how it felt like growing up in Italy while also I knew that inside I'm also South Asian. Yeah. And so I talk about little episodes that happened to me when I was growing up and things that really like left something in me and I talk about those things in the book and a lot of the times when I speak to people I always tell them that I felt like I was never fitting anywhere because when I was in school all my friends were Italian there were not that many immigrant kids and I and I had a little bit of hard time you know making them understand who I was because for them it was it was something completely new they didn't know anyone who was like who was who had origins from from Bangladesh but then when I was home I also struggled a little bit because I had so much of the Italian influence in me that I also felt like I was not fitting at home yes so I felt like I was struggling a little bit with that fitting into like fitting somewhere and then as I grew up I still struggled a lot with that, but then recently I started to tell the world that I am Italian Bengali because I do embrace both cultures uh, 100%. I know that I am Bengali by blood 100%, but I still feel like the Italian part is so, it has such a big influence in me that I feel like I'm also that because I do like eating pasta, I do like talking in Italian and stuff like that. So I am a little bit of both basically. And I'm also Canadian now because by law, I became Canadian. That's pretty cool. So you're multicultural. I was reading that you love pop um, pasta. And one thing that I actually love eating is pasta too. So we have something yeah. in common, which is pretty, which is pretty cool. Um, my next question for you is, could you define who you are as a person, but also who you see when you look in the mirror? But on the flip side of that question, has there ever been a time where you have looked in the mirror and not recognized the person staring back at you, how did you manage to take yourself away or even make yourself feel positive again in order for you to continue to do what you love in life? I would say that there are two words that describe me, uh, which are passionate and resilient. I like that. So I actually didn't know that I'm a very passionate person until someone pointed out to me. And basically it just happened a few years ago that someone was like looking at me because I always tell people what I do, but I never realized that I have a passion for the things that I do. And probably because I didn't know, I don't know, I think I probably was not aware about what this word meant. And someone looked at me and he was like, I think you're a very passionate person because everything you do, you put your soul in it. And then I was like, yeah. You're probably right about that. And I never realized that. And, and only now I see that everything that I do, like I, I do it with love, yeah. like volunteering, my blog, when it comes to helping people. And then the word resilient, I think it's something that, again, I was not aware of, but every episode that happened in my life, I feel like I was very quick at getting myself up whenever there was an obstacle. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I am also a very resilient person because I don't give up when there is a challenge Good. and I'm ready to like tackle the challenge again. And recently, like, for instance, I had an issue where I was struggling a little bit with anxiety and I had to take some time off, but then I got back and I told myself that I'm going to be a strong person and I'm going to work on getting myself better. 
and doing a lot of self-care. And I feel like I was able to quickly recover from it. And I've been able to do so many things since then. Uh, so I think those two words really do describe me. And to answer your second part, um, there was a point in time where I felt like I did not recognize myself. And I feel like it just happened right after I graduated. I think it happens to everyone. And anything when I was studying, I was um, a person full of life. I would do so many things. Uh, and then when I graduated and I started to work, I realized that I was like conducting a more mundane life where yeah. I was just working. And I was like, I looked at myself in the mirror and I'm like, am I really this person? And that's when I was like, no, I want to go back to the person that I was. And that's where I started to do things where I was like investing in myself. Like I was investing the time available just to grow as a person and to learn new things. So I started to like go back on reading. I started to like work out. I started to do different workouts. Um, I started to do volunteering, which is something that I really, really enjoy. And I started to go to like public speaking clubs yeah. and I also started to study. So I was like working and studying and I feel like I can find so much fulfillment when I'm studying. And that's when I felt like I started to be the the person that I was, but I was a much better version of myself because I was, I was doing so many new things and I feel like they were really helping me to be more confident as a person. So I do feel much more confident, much more bold, I want to say. I like uh, it. So, so yeah. I totally love that. One thing I would love to know is what is a day like in your life from, I know it's nine <laughs> o'clock in the morning over there and I know every day is going to be abundantly different to the next. But what is for our listeners listening to the show, what is a day like in Umi's life where you wake up in the morning, <laughs> you wake up in the morning, you decide, you know, you might have breakfast, keep fit or meditate, then start to get creative in your field. Because I believe that creativity is not just for musicians or artists. I believe we all get creative within our job roles as an individual. What is a day like in your life? So. I can tell you that I'm a very productive person and I like to use all the 24 hours available to me to, yes. do, to do things. Mm. So I am that kind of person. And usually what I do when I wake up in the morning, well, now I'm like working from home and I also work in the office. So it, it varies a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but usually how what I do is that I wake up, I do a little bit of journaling and then I take my coffee and I start working because I have a nine to five schedule. Yeah. Um, but I use, for instance, my lunchtime. You know, when they say lunch and learn, I use my lunchtime to actually learn something something what I yeah. do what I do practice a little bit of mindfulness so I take a walk and just like observe around and after work usually what happens is either I'm studying because I am also like um, studying for a finance course so either yeah. I'm studying or I'm like working out so I do like Muay Thai classes which I recently started because it, it does really help me like with my body with my energy with my mind and I really really like that that's something that I recently started so I, I started to do that and uh, which I do twice a week and sometimes I also provide tutoring sessions so I provide Italian and English conversation to whoever wants to learn a little bit to practice their language skills and usually that's how it works like it varies but I do pretty much that each day mm. and then in the evening I, I try to like uh, have this like write on my blog sometimes or create content for my YouTube channel. So that's another thing where I invest my time. And usually I leave the weekends to do to recover a little bit and also to socialize and to meet the people, to go out with friends, because I think it's important to have that balance. It's work hard, play hard type of yep, thing. Yep. Uh, but I, I also like to keep that balance and I like my days to be productive. Like I 
believe in learning and I try to use each day to learn something new, basically. And I do that a lot with my books. And I, for instance, even when I'm taking the Metro, I don't like to just sit down and scroll on my phone. I actually like yes. to read something. Yeah. So I love that. I totally love that. I can see that you're happy when you're taking each minute of the day to do mm-hmm. something productive. And I've yeah. even when I'm on my way to work or I notice that everyone's on their phones and that's Yes. Even if I'm observing and I'm not necessarily reading a book, I love to observe. That's what I do and I feel I'm very passionate about because when I observe, I feel like it gives me the instinct of how to write, how to take pictures and it enhances you as a person. One thing I would love to talk about is you being in the financial industry. The reason why I say this is because I know that women especially (laughs) might have it a lot harder than necessarily the men because men go by egos and and so on and so forth. How do you feel working in the financial industry as a professional, as a woman? And how do you feel like you give more women that doorway? Because each and every woman that knocks down an industry that is men-driven, it gives more women a chance to go in there a lot more easier. How do you feel like you do that for women? It's um, it's interesting that you asked me that question because it was not just in the financial industry, mm. like in the actual work that I felt like it was yeah. male-dominated. Yeah. Also, when I was studying, I felt like it was very male-dominated Like because my bachelor's degree was in finance and I would go to classes and I would just see like a lot of guys and there were like very, very, very few girls taking finance classes, very few that go through this major. And I never thought, like it, it never came across my mind that it was because it's finance. I thought, oh, probably they don't like it. But yeah. when I started to work, I actually started to realize more and more of this that it's very male dominated. Like when you look at like upper management, it's usually men that you have you see in the upper management. Exactly. And then this in the past year, I actually went through a lot of interview process. And every time I would go to an interview process, I would do like a research on the company because I was always looking to work in a company which was very more equal, where there was representation, there was diversity. And I remember going to interviews and looking up at the management team and look and thinking, but I don't see any representation. Exactly. It was just a lot of a lot of men. So I would actually go in the interview and ask them like, what do you do to promote diversity? And some people were really honest about it. They were really honest. They say, we don't really do anything. And that's when I started to realize that I'm not sure if I want to work here because I don't see that diversity. But at the same time, I also felt like that was a good moment for me to go forward with this so that I could like, you know, break the ceiling and set an example for other women as well to show them that, you know, it's possible. It's true. Maybe it's very male dominated, but that doesn't stop you from trying and being part of something where you can change something. So I try to like always set examples for other women by me jumping into an opportunity. So every time I would see like it was very male-dominated company, I would not let myself go down because I think it's important to like go forward with this thing and be the change you want to see in the exactly. world. Exactly, I like that. Right? I like that. Um, like it, I think it's a quotation from Candy that I like to believe yeah. in. Uh, so I never like let myself down when I would see that. And I also try to promote like, more women in finance because I think it's important to have that diversity in every field but especially in finance and when I uh, I recently like started to work in another place where basically the CEO of the company was a woman and I think it changes 
when it's a woman leading a company like she we bring different ideas yeah. and I really really like that um and I like companies that like are promoting women's empowerment because it's important that we have that and it's important to like empower women to have women in leadership because we just bring different perspective honestly we just do bring bring perspective that are like drawn from on our personal experience yeah. and i try to like also promote this through conversation that i have like in podcasts for instance or even in my volunteering activities a lot of the volunteering activities that i do are about women's empowerment and i try to like have conversation with women and tell them that you should not let yourself down when you see this situation like True. the world is like this but you can always change it you know like changes good and we need change so these are some of the things that i do i totally love that if there was a question umi that you feel you should be asked by people but you never get asked that question what question would that be oh she's like oh what question would that be i'll give you an example every time i ask that question people normally say the most simplest of things so for example if i say if there was one question that you would love people to ask you and nobody else does some people usually just say to me it's how are you but genuinely mean how are you because there are different ways of phrasing that question what do you believe is the question that you would like to be asked that nobody has ever asked you but you feel if you were asked that question you feel it would have so much meaning to you To be honest I wouldn't know but one thing that is crossing my mind right now is who would you be if you have never moved to Canada Oh that's a good one Yeah because I I never think about the person that I would have been if I never moved to Canada I never think about that So it made me it does make me think a little bit about this like would I be the person that I am today for instance because I feel like Canada it did help me a lot to shape my identity it really did help me to to finally come to this realization that I am Italian Bengali but sometimes I feel like that if I never moved here probably I would have never got that conclusion How do people treat you knowing that you are different cultures and knowing that obviously if you being in Italy and being there for so long how do people treat you because I know that different cultures sometimes treat people differently i.e. I'm half Indian and half black so for me Yeah, you're learning something new all the time. So my mom is Indian and my dad is West Indian, so I have a beautiful two worlds. But how are you how do you feel you are perceived by other people? I feel like it depends um where you ask me this question. Mm. Because I think if you tell me if you ask me this question like in Italy, mm-hmm. some people will say that i'm purely immigrant or some people would say no you're italian and i think it also depends from who you're asking this question very true but if you ask me this question in bangladesh people would just say you're a very rich person coming from like a rich country for instance <laughs> so they would perceive me as being the richest person in the world but if you ask me this question in in canada people just see me as like them like i would not be perceived negatively because there are so many people like me in Canada and then probably this is where i feel like in Canada i can be myself this is how i feel about it i love that what do you feel most proud of that you stand for as an individual in this world um what do i feel most proud of i think probably of my achievements that i never give up on the things that i want to 
achieve in life. Good. And I never got demotivated. Like I always try to find my own motivation. I create my own motivation. I think that's so important. So I, I'm a self-motivator, I guess you can say that. I can say that. And because like, I feel like it's so important that life is a constant work in progress. And I think for some people, they stop living life after they graduate and they just have this like, I want to say boring life where they don't have a purpose. Yeah. But I'm not like that. Like everything um, that I do has a purpose. Like there is to help people is it either to is educate to myself mm-hmm. or to meet new people by traveling. And I have that drive that I'm like always learning, that I'm always achieving something. So even like my own book, I didn't plan on writing it in June and publishing it in July. But I had this idea and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start it. I'm going to go forward with it and I'm going to complete it. And I know a lot of people, they have goals, but they never go forward with it. So I'm not that kind of person. So I feel very proud that I have accomplished so much. And sometimes I don't pat myself. Like I don't like to, I want to say show off about that, but I should be proud of the things that I have done so far because I think it's very, very important. And I feel like I have done so much so far. And I'm very, very proud of that. And I would say the other thing that I'm very proud of is that I'm very authentic and I'm very genuine. I think I'm a, I'm a very genuine person in general. And I think you can see it yeah. when, I, when I smile, when I cry. Everything is written on my face. I can never hide it. And that's another thing that I'm also proud of. <laughs> I totally like, let's talk about your book. I would love to know more about your book. You say you wrote it literally about in a month. Is it a month you took to write your book? Please tell us more about your book, the title of your book, what inspired you to write it, the emotions. Okay, so basically it all started with this other book that I read, Mm -hmm. which is called uh, Confessions of a Brown Girl. And I read her book and she was basically telling her story about being a brown girl. And when I read it, I was like, this girl, she's just telling my story because every that she was talking about I could totally relate to it to the point that I felt like she was just writing about myself so then I messaged this girl like I found her on LinkedIn and I messaged her and I said thank you so much for writing this book I just felt like I could resonate so much with it and I asked her like what took you to write this book because she's talking about her confession so it's a lot of like statement about being a brown person and how hard it is to be a brown woman and she just, she was going through these struggles and she had to get all those thoughts out. Yeah. And I also have a lot of thoughts as well, but I never went forward and write them because I'm like so concerned about what the society or the brown community would think of. So I like held back a little bit. And then I spoke to her. She was like, uh, she, she just self-published her book and she said they really helped her to cope with all these issues of being a brown woman. So then um, I would say after six months, I read another book, which says how to write a book in 30 days. I I read that. And then I just sat down and every day I was like, I'm going to write about all these things that I have in my mind. So I had like a draft and every day I was like sitting down, writing for 30 minutes, maybe an hour. Uh, Some other days, like on the weekend, I would sit sit down for like longer hours. And then I had like a script ready where I just talk about my own struggle of growing up in Italy, where my parents wanted me to be a certain way, like the typical Bengali girl, whereas I feel like the society uh, that I was 
brought up was totally opposite from that. And I struggled so much, like what it felt like, for instance, going to school in Italy or, you know, dressing in general, you know, like my parents wanted me to wear like typical dainty clothes when I was like going out, whereas sometimes I just wanted to wear t-shirt and pants but they were not okay with it for instance you know what I mean so I talk about those little little episodes and then I literally wrote this book in like 30 days because I was like no I'm gonna write it I'm gonna publish it as soon as possible and and then I basically found someone on Fever on the website where you find all the freelancers and I said I need you to like help me to like edit it and format it so she helped me like she took two two weeks and then after that I published it so I Basically, the title of the book is Discovering Your Identity, uh, a rebirth from interracial struggle. And I had people with purpose about it. They feel like they can relate to it. It's not something that everyone can relate to it, but it's more something for a third culture kid that I think they can relate to this issue, which is a big issue, you know, like I feel like especially immigrant parents and move to a different country, you can never expect us to be fully from the origins of your own country like you have to adjust first of all and you you have to be okay and accepting that your kid will be different they will will grow up with different values and and a different culture which is the third culture and I had a lot of difficulty because my parents they're very very conservative and they're so attached to their own culture but I'm also attached to my own culture too which is also the Italian culture which I love a lot um, so th- I talk a lot about that. I talk about that and I'm going to probably write a second one where I talk a little bit about more my life in Canada because my life in Canada has influenced a lot in me because this is where I start to see more people like me and yeah. what I felt like I was not normal, but now suddenly I feel normal because there are more people like me. So, <laughs> I like it. I definitely like it. What do you feel are one of the subjects in the world that you feel people should talk about more and embrace more as an individual? What do you feel is missing in the world that we should talk about more to connect us together rather than what the media, and I don't talk about this very often, but I feel like I can talk about it with you, rather than what's out in the world already? Well, I do like talking about women's empowerment, and I know it's something that a lot of people already talk about, but I feel like it's not talked about enough in the South Asian community. That's a big, big problem. And I think there is, um, I don't know if you heard about about this story about this girl who was basically killed by her ex-husband recently. I've heard a few. Uh, uh, Sanya Khan yes she she was a photographer and she was killed and she said that she was going through a divorce and how she was seen by the society as a failure uh this is something that we need to have conversation about this because no one like South Asian community they're just so worried about their reputation that they're willing to have an unhappy daughter instead of saving her and just getting her getting her out from this like situation that we don't want to see like would you want to would you prefer to have your daughter killed instead of getting out of the situation and save her and have a new life like I just feel like this conversation are really not talked about and I also had similar situation from friends who wanted to get out of their marriages but apparently they were told that you have to deal with it you have to deal with it maybe once you have kids it will it will solve the issue but Really, I don't think that's how you solve an issue. Like, if no. you're not happy, you're no. not happy. Um, so these are conversations that people do not really talk about, especially in the South Asian community, where 
really women are, are seen more as a financial burden and we just give them away as soon as they are 18. I don't think that should be the way to do it. I think we should really invest in women. We should educate them and we should invest into in their education and not just educate men or educate the sons. You know what I mean? I had this conversation with someone before and it was quite a debate. And my side of the story, in my opinion, was I believe that women are the ones with the power, not the men. And I say this and I give you my explanation of why. Women grow their children very well. Yeah, a high majority of women, right? Take out the ones that obviously issues happen and things happen. But women are strong. A woman is strong enough to take her strength give up her job, her dream, and push a man forward so he is able to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in his life. Can we say that all men or a high majority of men do that for women? No. The reason why is because their ego takes over, their ego takes into place their strength of a man and who they are. But really, sometimes I feel that us women de-empower ourselves, if that's a word I've just made up, <laughs> we we take away our power as women to let a men push forward and thrive in whatever they want to do. Now that takes strength within a woman in the first place. I am proud that my mother married who she wanted, well not married, but stayed together with who she wanted to stay together with, rather than to being in the normal society like you say in South Asia, where all they more care about is the society and being you know embraced in the society and being welcomed or what it is or having that power because i know a lot of societies again within different cultures only marry into different cultures because of the power that they have we do need to speak about this more this is something that needs to be brought up more and i'm so proud that you have brought it up and i'm so proud that we're both talking about it because any conversation that is brought up is a start in the right direction for it and i want to say this on the show and i'm glad it goes out to so many many people in the world that women you are beautiful you are empowered don't feel like you need to give up your dream to give somebody else their dream because in doing that you are only diminishing who you are as an individual and a person yeah you have the right to be who you want to be i understand in societies it can be hard because we're dealing with the laws and the egos of men who sometimes put us down. But there is a way. We just need to find that way. And we just need to continue to empower each other. I've gone on a vent. I've gone on a rant now because I'm so passionate about it. But I just feel you understand where we are coming from. And even your book, I'm sure, empowers that in people for them to understand that. So that's something I'm so proud that you spoke about it and we both did. <laughs> If there was one quote that represented you as a person, what quote would you choose and why would you choose that particular quote? So there is this quote from uh, Kate Spade that says, leave a sparkle everywhere you go. I don't know if you, if you know yeah. this one. Yeah, I have. I think that quote, that quotation really represents me as a person because this is what I want people to remember me, like a sparkle, like I made a difference in their life with just a little action. It doesn't have to be, you know, me giving you money or something, like it just has to be. <laughs> it, it, it could be just a conversation. It could be me helping out, me giving you your my time to you, just with that. Because this is what I try to do, you know, every person that I meet, 
I always make sure that I'm giving back in some ways, you know, whether it's my time, whether it's my education, but it's just me being who I am. Um, cause I think it's, it's really, really important if you want to build, I don't know how to say it, like if you want to build a good relationship, but you want to yep. build a good image and leave something about you to someone else. And I think I do a lot of it through my volunteering activities. It is something that I truly, truly enjoy because I get to meet different people and every people that I meet are always so happy that they have met me. And I know that I'm leaving a sparkle in their life. I want to be re- I want to be remembered as that person as I left something in them. And like even conversation that I have with people that I meet in podcast shows, I also try to do the same thing. And I know, I think they do remember me because then they invite me back. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. And for some reason they see something in me that I'm not aware of. So yeah, I do like to leave a sparkle everywhere I go, literally. I think you have a pureness that is very rare. Just, just by, just by having this conversation with you and the energy, I think you have a pureness in you that is very, very rare in the world for people to have. And when you have that, you automatically have a sparkle. Thank you. (laughs) So I would say carry that, I would say carry that aura and carry the color of your aura with you wherever you go, because wherever you go, you will leave a stamp that you were here. And, yeah. and you are coming back. So I would say that's what it is. Thank you. <laughs> let's go Let's go into music. I believe that music can play a huge part in all of our lives in some unique way. If there was one song that was the soundtrack of your life, what song would you choose and why would you choose that particular song? So I like the song by Alicia Keys, that This Girl Is On Fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I listen to that music every time I am sad or every time I feel like I'm not able to go through something and I just listen to that just to remind myself of who I am yeah. and and the reason why I chose that music is also because some of the people that I am close to they have been seeing what I'm doing so far and they tell me you're like a volcano you're on fire and that's how I feel like I like that I think this song is a good representation of who I am and I listen to that song whenever let's say I have an interview or you know I have to give a presentation I listen to that song to empower me so that you know I can be confident and bold and go through my day without any issues oh I love that (laughs) when did you realize that language and words had power to change a nation I would say it was when I joined Toastmaster, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to practice your public speaking skills. And it's only then that I realized how much words can be impactful and powerful. And I also realized how much silence is also a way to communicate with people, but I never realized it. Um, Because I think silence can say a lot, you know, like, it really does say a lot. <laughs> the, the silence treatment, you know what, what that means? Yeah. yeah. So it, it does say a lot. And um, my purpose of joining Toastmaster was because I want to become a better speaker, a better leader, and because I want to give a tech talk eventually because I want to make a change through my voice. And voice is all we have to make a change. I don't, I don't believe in, like, violence, like, in actual violence if you want to make a change voice is enough to to make that 
And I would say that's when I started to realize how much our voice can have so much power. And as long, like as long as you use impactful words, you will yes. change. That is true. I remember my grandmother saying to me, it's not what you say, it's how you say it and communicate it to the world that will make a difference in their minds so that yeah. they can change as people and become their best selves. So yes. I thoroughly believe that. How do you feel about boundaries and how do you push your boundaries when you are in an uncomfortable situation? That's a very good question. And I think when I was growing up, I was not really thought about boundaries. Yeah. And I think it's because the South Asian community does not tell you what boundaries are. Like everyone is expected to know everything about you and there's no such thing as privacy. And I think yeah. the other problem is that we are taught to be people's pleaser. And I'm learning about boundaries like literally now. Like it's been really like in the past few years that I'm learning how to set my boundaries, how to say no when it's like when it's not serving me. And I think for me it's really hard to set boundaries because I think my parents taught me to always say yes and always to please people. So the moment I'm setting a boundary, I do start feeling guilty. And I have a big sense of guilt, but I also say, tell myself now that I cannot live my life like this, but I'm always pleasing people and just make people happy. And I set boundaries just by literally saying no. And I think it's important to say no. And I think everything in life is really about consent nowadays. Like if you're not okay with it, you have to say no. If it's not serving you, you have to say no. If it's not making you happy, you have to say no. And that's how I'm, I've been setting my, my boundaries. If, let's say, people want to go out with me and I'm not okay with it, or they want to go to some place and I'm not okay with it, I say no instead of just saying yes and just please other people. And I think this is how I've yeah. been, like, working, setting boundaries and also having, like, conversation, you know? Like, if you feel like something is not good, you need to have this open conversation with people around you. And boundaries can also be healthy, you know, like... It doesn't have to be something bad. Like, I think it's important to set boundaries to protect yourself, to protect your space, your privacy, your confidentiality. And I've been learning how to do that. And I, the more I do it, the more confident I become and the less guilty I feel about myself. One thing I would love to know as well is the one subject I do like to talk about, and I'm sure people know this, is about forgiveness. When you talk about always saying yes, 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 Sometimes you can damage your internal self by always saying yes to people. And you slowly and slowly might become bitter as a person because you're always delivering to other people and not yourself. This is where forgiveness comes into play. When you start to say no to people, and although you feel bad at first, there is a point in that no that gives you a sense of relief that you've said no. How do you feel that forgiveness plays a part in all the time where you have had to say yes to people and have not fulfilled who you are as a person because you're so busy fulfilling everybody else? What does forgiveness mean to you as an individual and how has it helped you in your life? Okay, when I think about forgiveness, for me, it, what it really means is to be self-compassionate mm -hmm. and also like self-love because... I think I have not been doing that for like 
long time. I think for me, it always meant making other people's happy and just caring about their priorities instead of my own priorities. And I think I live my whole life like that, like just making people happy, never thinking about my own goals. And now I try to switch that and shift it towards me because I think it's more important that you love yourself first. Do the things that make you happy first so that that you can spread that happiness around you to other people. Because I think if you're not happy, then other people will suffer automatically. I love that. And I I started to be a bit more compassionate towards myself, be more empathetic to myself because I think us is all we have, honestly. It's all we have. And I started to to feel better as well when I do things for my own because I can see how this transfer to other people. When I'm happy, yeah. people around me are happy. When I was doing the other way around, I was suffering inside. I was really suffering because I was just putting their priority first, their ambitions first, but I was never putting myself first. And now that I switched it, I'm setting boundaries by doing that, but I'm also like telling them this is who I am. You have to accept me for who I am and I have to achieve my own goals, my own ambitions. And everyone is okay with it. Honestly, everyone is okay with it because at the end of the day, I'm not a mannequin. There you I'm go. Not. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, not a mannequin, I'm glad you said so. that. I'm yeah. glad you said that. What is the best advice you believe that you have ever received from somebody that has not just helped you in your life when they said it, but continues to help you in your life? Um, I have a friend. She's also, uh, she also has a mixed background. And we got close like really, really recently. And I feel like she has really helped me a lot to like learn a little bit more about myself. And I like how she encourages me to do the things that I love. And she shared this one advice that she, where she said that choose something that will bring you closer to your true self. I like that. So she gave me that quotation and I feel like it just changed my whole perspective about the decision that I make in life because I went through a job change and I was struggling a little bit about which job to choose because I got three job offers and she told me, choose the job that will bring you closer to your true self. And that's what I did. And she always encouraged me to to explore myself, to try new things because she said, that's how you're going to find your own identity. That's how you're going to become a confident woman. And since then I've been doing this and I'm very grateful for her because uh, she teaches me all these things that I, I was not aware of. When was the last time you felt totally at peace with yourself? It's, um, I like the way you exhaled there. Yeah. Because I don't think I have found that moment. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think I found that moment where I have been totally at peace with myself. I don't I don't think it's there yet. It will come. It will come. It will come. I know it will come. For a person to be as pure as yourself, it will come. <laughs> it will come. If you had any advice for anybody out there who has listened to this interview and is on the same or similar path that you are on, what would your advice be about 
believing in yourself, having courage, never giving up, regardless if it's money issues or support issues or emotional or mental health issues, what would you say to that person about believing in themselves and never giving up on what they love to do in their lives? So I can tell you something that I draw from my own experience and that has been to always be curious Very true. and to do and to do what makes you happy because a lot of the things that I've been doing so far, I was curious about them, but I didn't know what the outcome would have been. But the moment I tried them, I started to realize how happy they make me. And I feel like that's how it has helped me to be my authentic self and to find myself. Cause I feel like at some point I, I really did lose myself yeah but when you lose yourself you find yourself and you find a better version of yourself you know what I mean yeah I like that and um, I think my curiosity really led me to be the person that I am and I think the best is yet to come honestly I like that. so like a lot of the things that I've been doing so far like I so for instance I'm just going to give you one simple example is I first did this YouTube uh, interview with a friend it was my first time doing this interview with her and I was so nervous I was so afraid but I was also curious at the same time mm-hmm. and after I did this interview I was so glad that I did it because I just felt like I had this boost of adrenaline and after that I was like I need to create my own YouTube channel so that's how I created my own YouTube channel and it makes me so happy see so. you start with the f- small things and then you grow And that's how life is. My last question for you is, I've had the abundant privilege of having you on the show today. And if anybody else would like to get in contact with you, just talk to you, find out what you do, read Mm -hmm. your book, find out about finance. (laughs) Just know your personality as a person. Where can they find you? Yes. So I have my own YouTube channel. It's called Urmi Hossain. Then I have, then people can connect with me on LinkedIn as well. It's called Urmi Hossain. I have my own blog. It's called myways.ca. Mm-hmm. And I also have my book. It's called uh, Discovering Your Identity. And it's written by me. So people can find it on Amazon. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> I like it. I like mm-hmm. it. I want to thank you so much for taking your time to come on the Us People podcast. But also for showing your purity your compassion and kindness but also such a soft energy that you have (laughs) that i can feel all the way in london guys and it repels all the way back to where you are thank you so much for coming on the show thank you you're more than welcome guys i want to thank you so much for listening to the ask people podcast and please remember you can subscribe and leave a review on spotify itunes google play and any other platform that you prefer listening to please also follow us on facebook instagram and twitter and you can also donate to the ask people podcast by simply going to the savvy rocks website or just typing in paypal.me forward slash us people podcast guys thank you so much for listening stay happy stay positive and as always please continue to be kind to one another peace my peace my gotta keep my energy and peace my i protect my energy and peace my peace my peace my gotta keep my energy and peace
take my energy and peace of mind. Gotta keep my energy and peace of mind. Peace of mind. Peace of mind. People say that having a peace of mind is trying to find a consistency of calmness within ourselves. To crave for a clarity that drives us through our emotional journey of life. To never let a person's judgment manifest into a fear inside of us. Learning to believe in our ability to shine through the darkest moments and tunnels when we cannot see the light. Patience being our light for forgiveness and strength. To believe in our destiny. If you want real peace of mind, one needs to stop fighting their inner thoughts and embrace them with love. Because love is the most amazing and beautiful strength that we have to conquer our peace of mind. Make your thoughts impact a nation by keeping them true and honest, especially to yourself. But make your peace of mind protect you when you don't have strength to embrace anything else. Find your peace of mind by listening to your heart. Thank you again for coming on the show. You've been like one of the most humblest <laughs> guests I've ever had come Thanks. on the show. Okay. Thank you so much. No, you're more than mm-hmm. welcome. I'm glad we got it done after so long. Yeah, thank you. Peace of mind. Gotta keep my energy and peace of mind. Peace of mind. Peace of mind.